This is the Honda Indy 200 in Mid-Ohio. Great start, Colton Herter. Colton Herter, great jump. Graham Rayall able to go in to in line with him, but on the outside there, Alex Pelot trying to make a move. He's around Kyle Kirkwood, who's now coming back on the outside of five. Kirkwood to the outside. He'll have the advantage at the next apex. That pink auto nation car forcefully holding on to third as Marcus Erickson and Alex, excuse me, Felix Rosenquist come together. The two Swedish drivers collide, and that is not a great opening lap here at Mid-Ohio for the Chip Ganassi racer and the McLaren man. Yellow is out. So you see Erickson there on the inside of turn six. Yeah, he was just wide. I mean, Felix gave him room, it looked like, on the inside. Missed the apex a bit. Here we go, and Kyle Kirkwood is sizing up. Look at that pink car. He's sizing up Graham Rahal through turn one, the resurfaced turn one, climbing the hill to the keyhole in turn two. Colton Herter leads the field back to green. There's been a change within the top three. Very hard fight between this man here, Kyle Kirkwood, in the Auto Nation Honda for Andretti Autosport and the points leader, Alex Polo. How refreshing this must be for Graham Rahal, racing at the front of an IndyCar field. Where does he come out in comparison to Colton Herter? The words from Rob Edwards, you're going to be racing him to the keyhole. That race is on. Graham's not going to be able to defend Colton Herter on hot tires as he goes sailing by. Under brakes, does Ray Hall switch back? He can't. Look at Cold how tires. Look at how far up the road Pato Award has gotten there. That is amazing. Award right there with Ray Hall. He's coming in from second this lap. The driver is dominant as we've seen in a while. Last four races, nobody's been better. Three wins. Alex Pillow is back out. Let's see how much time he made up in that in-lap. Boy, that fueler didn't have to fill as much as I thought. Pillow is out and to the front easily. Scott Dixon is going to exit pit lane just ahead of Colton Herta. I don't know if he'll be able to hold him off, but Dixon and Power have position right now. This is Power to Chip Ganassi Racing. How about that for a pit stop cycle? So Power's going to give Colton Herta a little bit of a hard time in keyhole, but I don't think Dixon has tire temperature yet. Back, back straight drag race. If he goes to the inside, Herta will swoop around the outside, and that's what's happening. This is tough. You can pull it off on the outside here. It is banked. He's got a nice car length advantage. Easily done. Colton Herta had to make those moves happen. Here is Colton Herta. Oh. Now what we're going to watch here is where does Herta come out in relation to Scott Dixon? Because last time the two of them were on track, they were right together. Herta almost lost it, Kevin, on pit entry. Maybe a little bit of a wet spot there. And he'll be battling with Dixon as he comes up to the hill to the keyhole along with Christian Lungard. Dixon at speed. The others building their speed. Dixon gets Lungard off his list straight away. But Herder has an advantage, so this might be a back straight duel down into turn four. This is going to be epic. Not for long. Those cold firestones are tough to handle on the outlap. Dixon with the advantage. Both drivers will be on push to pass. Now Herder's going to fight hard here, Hinge. He's only got a one-lap advantage heat-wise. We saw yeah, the two-lane speed bus didn't work. It's didn't gone again. It. The chance of victory has gone again for Colton Herter. Two races in succession. Graham Rahal in. They went to, oh, he stalled. It went to st slightly scuffed blacks, but it's not going to matter because Rahal stalls leaving. Actually, was waiting on the left rear. You see it there. That's going to cost Rahal some more time. Total disaster for the front row to start this race. Rahal and Herter both with huge issues on their final stop under green flag conditions. It is a tough, tough pill to swallow. 14 laps to go here. Things are getting tight, but they're not that tight at the front at all for Alex Pillow. 
He's got an 11 and a half second lead. And he is tucked in behind Connor Daly, who is the, obviously the last car on the lead lap. Four laps to go. Joseph Newgarden looking now on the inside of 11. This is not Whoa! a place you pass. Slight little kiss there. Oh, this is a tough move to make on the outside of the final corner. Teammate on teammate here. Grosjean's going to try and bulldoze his way through. Contact again with oh. Francesco. Here comes VK. VK. Oh. Three in a row. Hello, Palo. Alex does it again. Extends his championship lead and wins here at Mid Ohio. <laughs> Thank you, boys. Watch the Honda Indy Toronto Sunday, July 16th at 1.30 p.m. on Peacock Premium. Hey, you got to unmute yourself. There we go. Welcome. And with that, welcome to the Push to Pass podcast. I am Derek Vance and joining me here as usual to recap what a uh, exciting, uh, if you're an Alex Pillow fan, uh, exciting uh, Honda Indy uh, 200 at uh, Mid-Ohio. Uh, Josh Roberts is here as well. And uh, Josh, it seems like it's been forever uh, since uh, since we were on last. Uh, a, a lot of racing. Uh, took place this weekend, not only from Mid-Ohio, uh, but uh, an exciting and huge event uh, took place in Chicago with the NASCAR uh, this past uh, weekend as well. Uh, but first, we'll get to uh, to the IndyCar stuff. Uh, Josh, how was how was your weekend, and uh, what did you think of the race? Uh, my weekend was hot. Uh, it's been hot here in Indy, and uh, it's been hot all over the all over the country, I believe. Um, but uh, it was a fun race, fun race to watch. Um, once again, another uh, track I'm getting familiar with. Um, you know, it, it was an expectable, uh, it was a ex expected tr uh, result. I thought Polo was going to uh, was going to win. That makes uh, four of the last five, and uh, he was competitive in the other in the fifth one. Um, uh, practice, practice was, uh, was crazy. Uh, you know, we, we had the, uh, had a car go flipping a couple times, barrel rolling. Uh, thank God that, uh, nobody that he was, that that driver was able to walk away, away from that, um, that, that crash. And, uh, even though he wasn't able to race on uh, Sunday, he's, uh, he's upright and walking. So that's a good thing. Um, uh, for the race, you know, it was a, for the most part, it was a clean race that I saw. Uh, it didn't, uh, you know, they were, they were competitive, but nobody was, uh, nobody was really pushing too hard. Uh, they were all, all driving within, uh, within good, uh, within good, uh, good control of the cars. So, uh, can't wait. Uh, Toronto's in a couple weeks, so uh, we'll, we'll be after we get done talking about Mid Ohio, we'll be moving on to uh, to the can to the Canadian to the uh, Canadian territories. Yeah, definitely a, a lot of uh, storylines. I, I think uh, going into uh, to last weekend, uh, obviously, you know, we, we've talked a lot about uh, this year um, about uh, Alex Pillow. Not, excuse me. Well, we've talked. Well, we've talked a lot about him. Uh, we've talked a lot about uh, Pato Award as well. Uh, if, if you've seen the uh, speed charts Friday, uh, he found himself uh, at, at the top. So a good way to start uh, his weekend. Uh, but uh, 
interesting Saturday uh, that he had uh, an interesting Saturday, uh, obviously for a lot of drivers. Uh, one, uh, one in particular, uh, Simon Pagano. Um, I know you, I, I don't, I believe you were, you were at work if, if memory serves me correctly on Saturday. So you didn't get to see this until I sent it to you. Um, but watching that live, that had to be one of the most horrendous uh, crashes um, that that I've ever seen. Uh, it brings back, uh, and I know the uh, Peacock, uh, the television uh, side, uh, touched on it as well, that uh, Michael Andretti basically wrecked in almost the same exact spot um, there uh, a few years back. But uh, just uh, the, the amount of, of barrel rolling that this, well, first of all, uh, if you don't know what happened, uh, Simon Pagano uh, apparently had a, a manufacturer uh, error, which uh, I, I believe it was the brakes. And uh, Honda took full responsibility uh, for that. Um, he was going at obviously at a high rate of speed uh, into one of the turns there in mid-Ohio. Uh, didn't have any brakes. So basically he goes off the track. If you haven't seen the video, go check this out. Um, he goes completely airborne. And then uh, hits the gravel trap and barrel rolls six and a half times, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, uh, six and a half times. And then uh, rests, comes to rest right there at the uh, tire barrier. And um, after seeing that, I know you had a reaction to that, um, but just my initial, and we'll get into a little bit more. At, uh, I don't think uh, Delara or Delara, excuse me, gets enough credit. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, but Pagano being able to walk away from such a horrendous crash where you're barrel rolling six and a half times uh, just to walk away. And um, he obviously wasn't cleared for the race on Sunday. Um, that was, I think that's more uh, obviously Indy cars protocol. And, and I get that, but I think it's more on the precautionary side of things because, you know, we both know uh, with, uh, with, with football, how, uh, how a head injury once uh, can affect you long term. So I'm thinking it was more precautionary as to why IndyCar did not uh, uh, allow uh, Simon Pagano or clear Simon Pagano uh, to uh, to race on Sunday. Uh, but before we get into um, the the five takeaways uh, that I was able to draw uh, this weekend, and we'll go through each one of those. Uh, Josh, I want to get your thoughts on on watching that video I sent you with uh, Simon Pagano, and then there's video of actually him in 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 car uh, video as well. I don't know if you've seen that or not, but what was your initial thoughts after sending uh, sending you that video on Saturday? It was shocking. Um, just it was shocking and it was frightening. Just the uh, just seeing him flying through the air to begin with. Um, you know him coming off that turn and just having nothing, nothing to to stop him. The brakes failing, and he was he was kind of gliding through the air. And then he hit then when he hit the gravel. I mean, he just started rolling. And I mean, six and a half times. You could say you say six and a half times, but you can't really imagine it. Um, the uh, the onboard camera. I did see the onboard camera, and that looked. Uh, I thought the. Uh, I thought uh, I can't remember who it was that flipped upside down during the 500. I thought that was terrible. Oh, this one, uh, this one tops it. Um, oh, I was actually you're, you're referring to uh, Kyle Kirkwood. Kirkwood, yes, uh, to being upside down and grinding. This, uh, th this is ten times worse than that. 
because you don't know you don't know what you're coming up on. You know you're flipping and you're turning, but uh, how how fast is that fence going to come? And are you gonna is it are you gonna hit the fence with your head hitting the fence? Or are you going to hit it with the bottom of the car hitting the fence? Um, I was talking to my uncle. Him and his friends went this past weekend to mid-Ohio, and they were down there. And uh, it was actually, that that wreck actually happened like probably 200 yards away from them. And he said when when they were looking at it, it just they they, they thought they they thought the worst. They they hoped for the best, but they thought the worst. But um, that arrow screen really helped them. Um, as much as it looks really intrusive and it doesn't seem and it seems weird, that thing has saved probably countless drivers now with the, with the technology. Um, but the only worst crash I've ever seen live or uh, within the last couple of years, I believe it was probably ten or twelve years ago when Mario Andretti was going around and his car actually flipped up in the air. It was at Indy and. Uh, that getting getting a lot more air, um, but uh, it was uh, it was a frightening scene when you sent it to me when I was at work, sitting there uh, watching it watching it live, what not watching it live, but watching the replay and then watching the onboard camera. It's it's frightening. Um, I'm glad he was able to get up and walk away. And like you said, precautionary measures. You know your your brain's rattling around as much as as tight as they are in those cars. Your bra- your your head still can move a little bit and. One even even a mild concussion is uh, would would not be a um, would not be a ideal thing for someone to go out there and driving and you know uh, all the turns and pressure it's putting on your head. So uh, I think IndyCar made a good uh, made a good call by not letting Simon go out, go back out there, and uh, it gave Connor uh, Connor Daly a chance to get back out on the track. Yeah, it, it absolutely did, and and that leads me into as I touched on there, um, the the five takeaways um, that I was able to uh, draw uh, from from this race this weekend. Uh, you can actually go over to uh, Last Word on uh, Motorsports, and and you can find these uh, if you're interested in in reading them. Uh, but I thought the first takeaway, um, obviously, as you just touched on there. Um, with Simon Pagano, obviously due to his accident taking place during practice on Saturday, uh, obviously the IndyCar medical staff um, didn't clear him, and uh, you know, it was uh, early uh, Sunday morning actually uh, when this news uh, broke that uh, Meyer Shank Racing uh, had picked former Ed Carpenter racing driver uh, in uh, Noblesville, Indiana native uh, Connor Daly uh, to drive that number sixty Honda, and I thought. Uh, Josh, with uh, with uh, the only uh, time that Connor Daly got in that number uh, sixty Honda was the the warm up um, that uh, took place right before uh, I think around ten a.m. Uh, I know Connor did have previous experience. I think this was his eighth uh, race he's completed uh, at at Mid Ohio, so obviously he did have some past experience. But keep in mind that. One of the turns, uh, one of the important turns, was repaved. Uh, so all Connor had to go off of was that, uh, you know, half an hour, whatever that long was, uh, warm up on Sunday uh, before he climbed in, uh, climbed in for the uh, for the race there. And uh, obviously, without being able to qualify, uh, that car uh, rolled off at t- uh, possession t- position rather twenty seven. And kudos, I think, Josh. Uh, to Connor Daly and the solid job that he did replacing uh, Pagano. I, I believe all intents and purposes, Pagano will be back uh, for Toronto in a couple weeks. Uh, but uh, Daly uh, drove his backside off 
and uh, brought home a respectable uh, 20th place finish uh, in that vehicle on Sunday. Oh yeah. Um, that had to have been, that had been extremely hard for, for Connor just to jump in the car that quickly. I mean, I give uh, all the credit in the world to Connor and I also give all the credit in the world to uh, Simon Pagino's pit crew uh, and the mechanics to be able to, uh, to be able to get that car turned around and uh, get it, um, get it suit, uh, suited up for uh, and situated for, uh, for daily. Cause as we both know, uh, those seats are custom molded to, e- to, to each driver so that they're comfortable um, it's, uh, it, it was, it was a testament to everyone, everybody, everyone being able to work together and get that car ready for Sunday with, uh, with, uh, only a day's turnaround from the accident on Friday. Um, glad, uh, glad to Connor was able to get out there and get, get some more laps underneath his belt. Um, do, uh, make a little bit more, uh, give a little bit more, uh, f- footage as, as we would say in the, in the, uh, in the football series, in the football world, you know, get some more footage, get some more tape of, of him driving and showing what he can do. Maybe he can find a, a full-time ride next year, um, with another team since he's not, uh, since he was, uh, not in a, he's not gonna be in the car in a car the rest of the year uh, outside of maybe uh, emergency replacements like he was. And, and actually, uh, a little bit of of insider information um, and, and two things. One, the car that again, I think it's it, you can't say it enough. Like you said, kudos to uh, Simon Pagano. Um, Elio Castroneves and actually uh, Meyer Shank has a little bit of a partnership with uh, Andretti Autosport uh, as well. So kudos to all them for getting that car put back together. And the car that Connor drove in on Sunday to a 20th place finish, Josh, was actually Elio's car that he raced in the 500. I, I don't know if you knew that or not. And then two, uh, speaking of Meyer Shank racing, uh, we'll get into this a little bit later, but uh, Josh is going to have to break some news uh, about uh, Meyer Shank racing and their future going forward in 2024. But uh, something you did touch on uh, a little bit here, and, and this was another takeaway that I had uh, from the race on Sunday, and it is uh, kudos to Delara and the design of the arrow screen, because I, I can't imagine uh, – the amount of injuries and long-term injuries at that for Simon Pagano, um, if that arrow screen hadn't been uh, designed and installed on the uh, Indy cars just a, uh, a few years ago, and not only uh, to, to Simon Pagano, which saved his life, uh, but something else. And I don't know if people seen this or not, but during the race on Sunday in the opening laps, Marcus Erickson, <clears throat> makes a driving mistake to where his number eight Honda um, failed to give uh, Felix Rosenquist enough room to make a pass and which caused caused rather uh, Erickson's car to basically drive over the top of Felix Rosenquist's car and uh, get it. What has to do with the arrow screen. If you were watching the TV feed on uh, Peacock or on uh, USA network, Marcus Erickson's car, the tire specifically, left a huge black mark on the arrow screen, the front of the arrow screen for 
Felix Rosenquist. So what would have happened if that arrow screen isn't there and that tire basically runs over, crushes the helmet and, and head area of Felix Rosenquist? What happens there? So that's why, you know, kudos, like I said, uh, Josh, to Delara and to the designers uh, of the arrow screen, uh, because it definitely, uh, as you said, uh, uh, played a huge part in safety uh, this past weekend. Oh, definitely. Um, that would have uh, that would have been tragic because uh, you know a tire just driving over someone's head, you know you're gonna it's gonna obviously compress them down back into the cockpit, which could uh, which could take their eye, well most definitely take their eyes off the road and not uh, off the course, and uh, you never you know you never know what could have happened. There could have been a much bigger crash. Um, you know, when I first when I first saw the arrow screen uh, on the on the new cars, I thought that's got to be like a hindrance, but uh, it's it's proven to be more and more of a uh, of, of a of a big safety big safety uh, safety thing. Probably one of the uh, biggest um, what do I say innovations to racing since the Hans device was uh, was implemented and uh, and made mi mandatory in NASCAR. After uh, Dale, after Dale Senior uh, Senior's tragic passing, um, but uh, I can only imagine what it was like for for the driver get, have, having someone drive up over his wind, up over the windscreen, uh, and uh, how, how distracting that was. So uh, all, all kudos to Delara and all their all their inf all their uh, innovations they've come up with to make this car even more safe than it than it already is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no doubt there. And then uh, number, the third takeaway uh, that I had, uh, we touched on this um, uh, just a little bit ago. Uh, Simon Pagano found himself uh, fastest on the uh, the timing charts on Friday. Uh, but uh, Saturday obviously was a totally, totally different story uh, due to a mechanical failure uh, with his number five Chevrolet, which basically was created uh, by his own issues. And, and again, you know, we, we harp on this that, you know, until Pato Award decides to be, stop being his own worst enemy, he's going to keep uh, shooting himself in the foot. Um, he spun off in turn two in the first group of qualifying, which uh, moved him back to uh, the 25th uh, starting position. Um, obviously, he had to go on a different strategy uh, than what everyone else did. Uh, but uh, Award was able to pass 17 cars, uh, finding himself in the top five uh, for a few laps and then finishing in the top eight at, at eighth place. So uh, Pato drove his uh, tail off from what he had to uh, – you know, where he had to start, um, obviously he had to go on a, a different strategy. Uh, he ends up getting uh, the award uh, for uh, for the most passes that uh, NTT uh, IndyCar uh, presents to, to a driver at each race. Uh, but uh, a kudos to Pato Award uh, showing off his driving skills, Josh, uh, from starting 25th and ended up getting a top 10 finish at uh, eighth position. Oh, definitely. Um, award, uh, you know, not qualifying well and starting towards the back. Yeah, it, when I first saw it, I was like, "Is this the? Is there? Uh, was there? Did they misprint this because uh, I've never seen Award really struggled this bad, and since I've been watching, and um, and for him to be able to take that car all the way from from almost the almost the uh, the tail end of the tail end of the field all the way into the top ten, that's just a credit to uh, Pato, and hopefully this. This is a taking off, uh, taking off point for him in the season, 
um, that he's got, he, he can, he's finally got through his woes and he's going to, uh, start doing a little bit better. Like you said, getting out of his own way. Um, I'm not sure if he's uh, going to be able to win the championship this year because that, uh, as we'll speak about in a couple points, that's uh, almost sewed up. But um, uh, credit credit to credit to Pato, credit to the, his uh, his Arrow McLaren uh, pit crew for uh, being able to get him back out there and uh, get him get him focused back on 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 winning ways. Hopefully soon. He can uh, pull out a win. Uh, you know, they, we've got two two races coming up in Iowa at the uh, at the end of this month, where uh, gives him two chances in a weekend. And he uh, he was good. He was good last year at, at Iowa, and uh, hopefully, he can start doing a little bit better than he has been. Uh, but I think this 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 past Sunday uh, really gave him confidence because uh, he. I mean, it's hard to go from 25th to uh, to the top 10 and on a road course. You know, you, you usually don't get that much uh, that that much. You don't gain that much on a on a track unless there's you know big wrecks or some or mechanical failures by a lot of people in in, in front of you. And speaking of uh, momentum, and I love how you teed this up, but what a weekend um, <laughs> that uh, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan uh, racing. I uh, had uh, had this weekend definitely a huge uh, shot in the arm I think to uh, to say the least but uh they were able to qualify all three of their cars uh, in the top 12 uh so you know the, it, it begs the question uh, is this the beginning of a turnaround there at uh, at at, late, at Ray Hall Letterman Landing and Racing um obviously it's been a season to forget uh with uh, zero wins and then uh, Christian Lungard sitting 10th in points, Graham Rahal 14th, and Jack Harvey uh, 23rd. Uh, but after this race on Sunday, maybe there is, Josh, maybe there is some light there at, at the end of the tunnel. Uh, Lungard, uh, he started 5th, uh, finished P4. Uh, Ray Hall, who who uh, sat on the front row, he was P two, believe it or not, finished seventh, and then uh, Jack Harvey, who started eleventh, uh, finished eighteenth. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, coming from Mid Ohio. This is uh, technically uh, this is uh, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing's home track, quote unquote. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see if they can continue uh, this momentum as we roll into uh, the second half of the season. Most definitely, uh, Ray Hall Lanigan uh, had uh, had a had a heck of a good uh, good weekend uh, at their home track. It was good seeing uh, Graham Ray Hall back up there uh, after his uh, problems in Indy, and uh, seeing him seeing him uh, up there competing for the win. Sometime, I mean, I know he didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't exactly up there, but he was he was close, and he had a good he had a good race. Um, Jack Harvey, he's uh, he's a good driver. I'm always rooting for him. I always want the younger drivers to be able to uh, get up there and uh, Lungard uh, just chugging away. They're uh, they're they're slowly slowly but steadily making their making their way back up there and um, uh, hopefully uh, sometime sometime this year one of them could one of those three can uh, can pull off a win. I'm uh, hoping Ray Hall can can win one. Uh, he's a he's a terrific driver and uh, he's got a great pedigree, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Maybe, may, hopefully, they could take this momentum and take it into Toronto. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and number one, Josh, uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist 
to uh, to figure out number one. Uh, but I thought this uh, this headline uh, said it best. Um, this is Alex Pillow's world, and we're just living in it. I don't I don't know how else to how else to put this, but that's basically what it boils down to is uh, this is Alex Pillow's world, and and we're just living in it. Um, after the first round of pit stops there on Sunday, uh, Pillow took the lead in or captured the lead rather, and he didn't look back. Um, captured his third win in a row, fourth win of the year, and eighth of his career. Uh, he led uh, 48 of the 80 allotted laps, basically almost leading half of the race. Uh, Pillow is the first driver, Josh, to win three consecutive races since teammate Scott Dixon, who, believe it or not, did this tw- has done this three times, 2007, 2013, and 2020. Um, I keep saying, and I wrote an article about this um, as well, if this is Alex Pillow's last year with um, Chip Canassi, and again, that could be up in the air with the success that he has had. Now, he, he's going to get a big payday wherever he goes. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's an almost foregone conclusion now. Obviously, he can't sign a new contract. I think it's not August or September. I, I can't remember which one it is. But if this is indeed his last year with Chip Ganassi racing, and and we don't know, we have we we don't know anything about that. It's pretty tight nipped, uh, or tight lipped rather, over there at uh, at Chip Ganassi Racing. But if this is indeed his last uh, go around with that organization, Josh, what a hell of a way to do a mic drop potentially at the end of the year. Oh, most definitely. Um, you know. Zach Brown's got to have two different uh, two different motions going through his head right now. He's got to he's got to be fearful because you know Chip uh, Chip Ganassi uh, they're 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 not a poor they're not a poor organization. They've got some money, so uh, if Chip really wanted to make a run back at uh, Polo to be able to uh, keep him on for next year, um, he he could have the money. But uh, Zach could also Zach is also in the back of his mind. He's probably like. Oh my God! I've got pro- I, I've most likely got the hottest prospect in uh, in auto racing, who's going to be a free agent. That uh, after I mean he's all intents and purposes he's already said he's going he's going there after the after the whole debacle of what happened last year. Uh, Zach's probably probably thinks it in part of his brain thinks he has it in the bag. Um, the big question is going to be does Polo if Polo wins, which I mean, all, all every every signs point to him. He's going to be able to run away with this points points championship this year. If he wins, he's going to be a two time IndyCar champion. Does he want to come back and get a third, or is he wanting to move on to as we would say greener pastures and uh, go to F one? See if he can uh, see if he can win an F one title. Um, I can't remember if uh, who uh, did Montoya when Juan Pablo did he win the F one when he was there because I know he won IndyCar I can't remember if he won uh, won F one's championship but uh, I know Juan Pablo did the he he did the F one and he also did IndyCar and he kind of dominated in both but um, what what does Pillow want to do that's the big question uh, come August I think that's when they can start signing. Uh, will uh, will Polo be with uh, stay with Chip? Will he have a uh, will he have a, a change of heart, or is he going to stick with Zach Zach Brown and 
you know, go on to do something else besides IndyCar? You know, we, we obviously don't know uh, what's going to happen, but I think it's safe to say, Josh, at the end of the day, Alex Pillow has all the bargaining chips. He has everything. I, I think that's I think that's the only safe thing that, that we can say at this point is Alex Pillow definitely has all of the uh, bargaining chips there to uh, to say the least. But uh, let's take a look at at results. Uh, from Sunday's race, and then we'll get into uh, some drivers uh, we were able to catch up with uh, this past weekend and get their thoughts on on what took place on Sunday. Uh, obviously, as we said, uh, Alex Pillow, Scott Dixon, Will Power were your top three. Uh, Christian Lungard, Scott McLaughlin, David Malukas, Graham Rahal, Pato Award, uh, your highest uh, rookie from Sunday, Marcus Erickson, or excuse me, Marcus Armstrong, and then uh, Alexander Rossi round out the top 10. Uh, then it was pole sitter Colton Herta, Joseph Newgarden, Roman Grosjean, Devlin DeFrancesca, uh, Renus VK, Callum Eilat, Kyle Kirkwood, Jack Harvey, Ryan hunter Ray, and Connor Daly round out your top 20. Then uh, Elio Castroneves, Stingray Robb, uh, Augustin Campino, Santino Ferrucci, Felix Rosenquist, Benjamin Peterson, and Marcus Erickson uh, round out your rest of the 27 drivers that made up this weekend's race. So a lot has changed when it comes to uh, points in the last time, Josh, that we uh, took a look at them. Uh, so let's uh, let's do that here before we get to, uh, to some interviews. Uh, Alex Pillow sits on top with a 110-point lead over Scott Dixon. Then it's Joseph Newgarden, Marcus Erickson, Pato Award, Scott McLaughlin, Will Power, Alexander Rossi, Colton Herta, Christian Lungard make up your top 10. Then it's Kyle Kirkwood, Roman Grosjean, Felix Rosenquist, Graham Rahal, Callum Eilat, Renus VK, Marcus Armstrong, uh, Santino Ferrucci, David Malukas, Elio Castroneves make up the next or the top 20. Then Devlin DeFrancesca, Connor Daly, Augustin Campino, Augusta Campino, Jack Harvey, Simon Pagano, uh, Benjamin Peterson, uh, Stingray Rob, Ryan Hunter Ray make up the remaining 28 drivers. So that's your look at uh, at the points. So a lot, a lot to take care of uh, right before we get uh, this uh, season uh, finished here. Obviously, uh, Alex Polo with a 110-point lead. Definitely going to be uh, quite tough, I think, to, uh, uh, to catch him in between now and the races that we have remaining. Uh, let's switch over and hear from some of the drivers that we were able to catch up with and get their thoughts on this, this past weekend's race. Make our way through the fight. Got held up on our last exchange there, but um, yeah, annoyingly. But you know, I think uh, we're in a good spot. You know, I think we're only 30 points out of second now in the championship. So you know, can't. Pelos doing a really good job at the moment. Up to us and Chevy and everyone else to work hard and, and catch up to everyone. And really proud of the hard work. But we just need a little bit more, and we're going to be right there. So yeah, good day. All right, we just finished up the race there, and man, uh, that was. One of the most exhausting races for me. I came in and could barely get out the car. And it was just constantly pushing throughout that entire run. It was, I'd say, a near perfect run for us to come from 12 to 6 with every guy in front of us having a lot, a lot of speed. We, we timed everything beautifully. I mean, from strategy to push the pass to set up. 
I'm just so proud uh, of Dale Coin Racing to now we've kind of finally rebounded. We found pace in Road America, but unfortunately we had a mechanical issue and couldn't really get things done. And now we got our first fast 12 of the season and we took advantage of it and came out with the P6. So it feels good that everybody in the team is finally smiling again after quite some time. Yeah, I think at the beginning, honestly, um, it's such a different car uh, in dirty air for me that I just had to get used to. And it took me about you know, 30, 40 laps to really understand how to attack in this car. And, and, and I liked it, but it's, it's when you lose one stint in these races, it's hard to get it back. So, you know, once we got held up by, the, by, by Peterson, um, you know, we were on the back foot, obviously. Uh, and that's my fault, but uh, the car was amazing. I mean, once we got clean air, once we got ahead of some of those cars, I mean, it was it was fantastic, so fast, and, and at the end to be able to you know to be able to close in on the two cars in front of me by like seconds at a time just felt really good. So I uh, I very much enjoyed being out there. Um, it just felt like I could attack and drive how I want to drive, um, and the team did an amazing job trying to get me up to speed. We're the only one practice. everyone we just finished here at um, the race my man here Jim Meyer always happy which I like that but in the end of the day it wasn't the result that we wanted you know um, 20 and 21st uh, uh, Connor did an amazing job you know recovering from 26 big prop for him to jump in the car and do it like what he did but we we made I made some decisions that are um, not right for the setup and just destroyed the race um, shame because uh, you know we deserve better we're gonna get it. We just can't give up. Our race is done here in Mid Ohio. Uh, not the day we wanted. Simple mistakes cost us a good day. Um, I mean, we just got to qualify better. End of story. Uh, huge shout out to David, my teammate. He did a great race, finishing P6. Way to bring that home. Uh, so a lot to learn there. I think that we're progressing in the right direction. We learned a lot this weekend. We were quick this morning in warm up. Uh, just didn't translate as much to the race. So huge shout out to the crew. Number 51, Biohaven Honda crew did a good job this weekend. Kept our heads down, and uh, we'll take that to the next one. Huge thank you uh, to uh, all the drivers uh, that were able to uh, stop by and give us a uh, post-race uh, uh, quote. I know, uh, Josh, that makes your day seeing uh, your favorite driver being able to uh, to stop by. Uh, but, uh, but I, you know, uh, what, you know, what else can we say, I think, uh, at uh, at this point, um, you know, as you talked about with with the championship, uh, you know, Alex Pillow is obviously not going to come out and admit it, uh, but it's going to take uh, a huge gaffe on his part uh, to waste away a 110 point lead uh, with about eight races uh, left to go. Oh yeah, he's going to have to. Uh, I think he's going to have to not not finish a couple races. I mean, he, he's got, he's got a, he's got a very comfortable lead. Not, uh, not saying that, uh, that any lead is actually safe, but this is a, uh, this is a pretty, pretty safe lead. Um, I don't know if anyone's going to be able to catch him. Um, what, what can you say? The guy is having a monster year and if he wins at Toronto, I think he could take the whole rest of the year off. He could just drive safe, you know, finish in the top five. He's just, he's got everything going for him right now. He's, 
He's the hottest driver in any in any sport, uh, any auto sport, in my opinion. And uh, he's having one heck of a season. If this is going to be his last season in in uh, in IndyCar, uh, he's making it a hell of a hell of a good one, and uh, he deserves it. He's uh, he, he's kept his nose clean, hasn't got into too many uh, too many uh, any fracases with uh, with the peop- with any of the drivers, and uh, I just think he's. Uh, He's the man right now. I mean, you can't you can't say anything else differently. Uh, no one else has been able to step up and uh, and and overtake him. But uh, the year the year is still young. There's still more races, but uh, I don't see anyone catching him. I see him cruising the rest of the year uh, and uh, barring any any mechanical issues and several races, he's he's going to walk away with the championship. It's just. Uh, question is going to be how many how many races is he going to win and how much is he going to win by i don't know uh, maybe you can tell me what the biggest uh, gap ever uh, for a indycar uh, champion was but uh, i think he may be pushing pushing it for uh, for this year yeah i think you're absolutely right i don't like the fact of you know him taking you know taking his foot off the gas so to say and and i know i see i see what i did there um, because we both know, you know, in, in football, especially when you start playing not to lose, uh, you know, you, you end up taking your foot off the gas and you do end up uh, losing. So I think just I think Alex Plo just needs to focus on the things that he can control. And as long as he uh, finishes consistently and doesn't get any DNFs where he doesn't pick up any points at all, as long as he finishes uh, consistently, Josh. Um, I think Alex Plo is going to be just fine. Uh, he's going to clinch his uh, second uh, uh, NTT IndyCar Series points championship, and then I think the sky is the limit uh, for what uh, Alex Plo will want to do going into uh, 2024. Uh, before uh, Mike joins us to uh, recap his winnings uh, this past weekend, uh, we can't forget uh, the great sponsors that make this uh, podcast and things possible here on push to pass uh first and foremost always ready 1776 uh, they have apparel uh headwear and uh, so much more uh, go check out always ready 1776.com and then uh, if you do find something that you do want to purchase uh, make sure you use that uh, promo code that you are seeing uh, up on your screen there uh common sense or excuse me oops uh push to pass let's try that again uh, to uh, get uh, 10% off of your order. And then also to uh, the great folks over at uh, Getem Associates, uh, if you are in the uh, neighborhood or if you're in the, uh, you know, if you're looking to redesign, rebuild, or remodel anything in your home, uh, go to getem.com. And then as you see down there, the promo code push to pass, uh, receive $250 off any design service uh, that's get em associates at get em.com and then always ready 1776.com uh, there as well. Uh, Josh, before Mike comes on, uh, were you able to uh, put any uh, bets together uh, this weekend on anything that uh, he may have uh, suggested? And if you did, uh, how did you do? You may want to unmute. Unfortunately, uh, coming uh, coming off of vacation, my funds were a little low, and uh, 
We've uh, we've had some other things. Uh, I did see that he I, I did see some of the stuff he, he put out, but uh, I was unable to put any money down. Uh, unfortunately, hopefully, uh, hopefully for Toronto and Iowa, and uh, I know I have I've set a couple of dollars aside for when we're in Nashville to put put some money down in Nashville. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that I'll be able to put some down. But no, I wasn't able to put any on this particular race. Yeah, um, I didn't get a, obviously, I guess I should have mentioned this. Um, I did not, I usually get a confirmation uh, from Mike if he is coming on or not, and I haven't yet, so we may have to uh, play it uh, play it by ear. So why we wait for uh, Mike to show up if he is at all, I know we have uh, some news uh, to uh, to go through. I know you touched on uh, something interesting uh, about uh, Meyer Shank racing. And then uh, I know I, I got a little bit of insight uh, from Nate Brown of the Indy star uh, about uh, 2000 the schedule for 2024. Uh, but uh, something that was a story over the weekend, and I don't know if you caught it or not, uh, but uh, David Malukas uh, driver of the number 18 uh, HMD uh, Honda uh, did confirm. And I believe it was, um, I believe it was to Marshall Pruitt of uh, racer.com. And let me check this out real quick to make sure that I have uh, everything correctly. Yes, uh, it was uh, Marshall Pruitt uh, who, uh, who broke this story first, Josh. Uh, but it is confirmed that uh, IndyCar driver David Malukas uh, will be moving on from Dale Coyne Racing uh, at the end of the season. Uh, he signed a two-year contract. Um uh, he signed a two-year contract with his uh, home te- home state team. There, they're actually out of uh, Chicago in uh, 2022. Uh, but it looks like uh, that uh, that contract's going to be voided out. Uh, Josh and uh, David Malukas is going to be one of the many many uh, free agents that we are going to see uh, going into the off season uh, to go into uh, 2024. I didn't see that, and that's uh, it's interesting. Um, you know, David, uh, he hasn't had uh, some of the he hasn't had some of the the success that he was hoping. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting him adding his uh, adding his name to the uh, to the long, as you said, the long list of free agents this year, this coming year. Um, hopefully, he'll be able to uh, catch on a ride somewhere. Uh, maybe he already has something set up. I'm not sure, but uh, that is interesting, and uh, it'll be interesting to see who uh, Dale Coyne uh, is able to get to uh, replace uh, Mr. Malukas. Yeah, it, it absolutely will. Um, it, like I said, first and foremost, it is going to be inter- interesting to see with the all of the free agents that we are going to see and all the free agent movement uh, that we're going to see uh, who's going to end up where uh, it definitely going to be a interesting time. And, uh, you know, stay tuned to push to pass because we will bring uh, all of that to you, obviously when that happens in, uh, in the off season. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he did have an, a great rookie campaign. Uh, the aforementioned there, David Malukas, uh, not so much. I don't, I don't know if you want to call it the sophomore slump, uh, as they like to say, uh, but as you said, uh, not as uh, you know, more disappointing I think uh, than what David Malukas was obviously expecting coming off that uh, rookie campaign there in uh, 2022. Uh, interesting story uh, put out by uh, Nate Brown 
of the Indianapolis Star. If you go over to his Twitter uh, at by underscore Nathan Brown, uh, talking about updates on the 2024 IndyCar schedule. Um, as of right now, the calendar, the, the schedule uh, will stay at 17 races. And, and I think these next two, Josh, are, are two that uh, were, were eyebrow raisers. I, I think for not only me, but obviously you, when I, when I mentioned this to you uh, before the show started. Uh, but there is talk of a postseason non-points race that is in the works in the country of Argentina, not Brazil, Argentina, that is under consideration. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on that. And there's one more bullet point uh, that I want to go over from this article as well. I find it interesting. Um, the, it's a non non points race post. It comes after the post and it comes after the, after the season you're saying. Let me see if I can go through. I, I don't know if this article is behind a, uh, paywall or not let me see where i can find where it says where it talks about uh indycar weighing two options for postseason non-points race in 2024 because i mean that that's interesting to me um i don't know how would the um i don't know how the how the dry how the drivers and the teams would feel about that you know that's an added expense is uh, to be able to get the cars and the haulers and everything down to Argentina. That's not a that's that's not a cheap uh, it's not a cheap thing to do. Um, the IndyCar is going to have what? to, you know, really make it a uh, ma- make it a big make it a big thing and uh, maybe make it a big payout for well for the, this for the this, this part go. here this part here may may shed some light into what you just talked about. According to Nate Brown, the event would take place at the Autodrome Tiramas Del Del Rio Honda Circuit, which also hosts the MotoGP. Should local political and investment officials land the financial package required to properly host the series, pay the travel fees of series teams – which has been typically for international series events outside of Canada and Mexico and offer the prize for the race victor given it given is not playing into the championship race. And then this is a quote from Mark miles uh, quote, Argentina is developing conversation that could be promising said miles who made a trip to the country in late March this year with Hunco's PEC vice president, Michael Montre and Tony Cotman, the longtime race course designer IndyCar has leaned on for various projects in recent years. So it would seem to me that Argentina would be the one that would come up with the money to for travel expenses and to get all the equipment and cars for each team over there it wouldn't be the team's responsibility it'd be the country's yeah that uh, that would seem like the most um that the most logical thing to me because i know with uh, i mean i'm indy car is not a they're not, they're not a poor sport but uh, by any means you know financially but uh for 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 teams to want to take their cars down to down there and uh, incur all the expense there that I would imagine Argentina would have to come up with some of, you know, offset some of the cost. Um, I know, um, 
I know, I know they want to grow the sport. Uh, I know, but uh, I know they want, they want to get more eyes on it, but uh, I just don't know if going down to Argentina is going to, uh, going to, going to bring a, uh, bring a, bring more eyes um, that, that, that they would think they are. I mean, it'd be cool for the first year, you know, if they're going to do it the first year, but after the se- after that the second year comes on and it the, the shine is off the shine is off the bl- off the rose and is is it really going to be is it really going to be worth it uh, it'd be interesting to watch uh, see how many uh, see how many people show up i just hope they don't start to uh, try to do this more often if they're going to do it <clears throat> be becoming trying to be like f1 uh, f1 has races all over the co- all over the world and um and they, they have they have the back financial backing. I just don't know if IndyCar has the financial backing to be able to uh, to be able to pull something off like this every year. But uh, we shall see. Uh, it'll, it'd be interesting. Um, I don't know if they would make it uh, mandatory for all teams to show up, or if uh, certain teams wouldn't want to show up. So would they ha- would they be forced to? It'll be interesting. We'll have to keep uh, following the developments of this. And the last bullet point on this, and then a point I want to make, uh, Roger Pinsky reveals that uh, talks have been had with Australia as well, too, for a race. So interesting article there by uh, by Nathan Brown of the Star. Go check that out. But the one thing that comes to mind with this, Josh, and you know, we've talked about it here numerous occasions. You know, it, it's it's fine and it, it's fine and great if. IndyCar wants to expand to these other countries. You know, if, if that's what IndyCar wants to do, that that's fine and dandy. But what about the races here in the United States where you already had, where you've already been before? Michigan comes to mind. Milwaukee, Pocono. If you can do, if, if you have a desire to do races outside of the United States, that's great. You put, you move your product, and, and you know obviously the goal is to get as many eyes on it as possible. That's great, but what about the tracks here that you've been that you've been at before? That you know the cars may not have been as as safe as they are now, as they've proven to be this past weekend. What about those tracks? Why you know why is the talk going to other countries when I just rattled off three? that IndyCar used to race that, that I think should take a hard look at going back to. Well, if indeed the, if indeed the uh, Argentinian government is looking into um, looking into actually funding this, I think I forget who we talked to. I can't remember if it was Mark Jaynes or if it was uh, Jay Query who was saying that, uh, you know, essentially all of the, all the tracks, they have to go out and get their own funding for the races. Um, they have to get their own sponsorships and all that. So there just may not be anyone in those particular areas that, uh, they want that like, you know, Michigan or Pocono or other ones that they've done, uh, that want to go out there and do the legwork to get the races back there. If Argentina is, uh, the government of Argentina's, reaching out and saying, Hey, we, we, we got, we have the funding. We can, uh, we can get this going. That's probably why they're, why they're wanting to go there. Um, I'm not, I'm not really familiar with the, but with ever, with every driver's nationality are, are there any Argentinian drivers on the circuit on, uh, on, uh, on racing? Augustine, for Augustine, Augustine Can- Canapino. <sighs> yeah. Okay. 
uh, he's fantastic. I mean, he, he's a much better driver than I'll ever be. But um, is is that is that really a big draw? I mean, are, are people are people from the from Argentina going to show up to the race to see Campino? You know, whereas you were talking about Australia, you've got you've got a couple drivers. Um, Scott Dixon comes to mind. He's uh, he's from that from around that area. And I think people would travel travel far, even from New Zealand and and all over from uh, from Australia to uh, to come see it. So um, I do agree. I would love for them to start coming to going to other tracks, having more races. You know, seventeen to me is not enough, but that's just because I I grew up on NASCAR uh, racing pretty much every weekend. But um, We'll see. Uh, I, I'm always up for new new tracks coming back, new tracks or old tracks coming out. Um, I know I can I can guarantee I will never go to Argentina to go watch a race. Um, that's that's a little bit out of my budget, but um, we'll see. Uh, you you have a good point. Why not Why not get some of these other tracks back back to back in back in play so that we have more races, more eyeballs, more money. And you got to think too, just just to wrap up this, and then I know you have uh, some news as well. But obviously, Michigan, we know how deeply rooted uh, Michigan is, obviously in racing and and in the automobile industry. So that's why I think that would be a huge draw. Um, I mean, just look at the attendance uh, for the uh, Detroit uh, Detroit Grand Prix this year. Uh, that was uh, that was a huge success uh, for the first time in quite a while having it downtown. And then you know you get talk about Pocono, which is in Pennsylvania, uh, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. That's where the Andrettis are from, so that's where you're, you'd have your ties there too. So, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how this does uh, evolve uh, if if uh, IndyCar does decide uh, Argentina or Australia uh, for that matter. Uh, definitely uh, keep it here and we'll uh, we'll discuss this more as this uh, unfolds but i know uh, before we wrap things up uh, for uh, for this episode josh i know you talked about uh, something uh, interesting before before we went on air uh yeah i was scrolling through uh scrolling through facebook today and on the uh, meyer shank racing indycar uh, page um this was reported by a new track record podcast uh, says a source Tells us uh, Meyer Shank Racing will run Tom Blomquist. I hope that's how you pronounce that. And a current Chip Ganassi driver next year full-time in IndyCar with uh, Castroneves running the 500. Uh, and then underneath that, it had a um, it had so, it had a tweet from Nate Brown. Uh, Mike, <clears throat> Mike Shank says one of MSR's two IndyCar drivers for 2024 is finalized and to be announced in August. So, uh, and somebody had uh, made the comment, could the second driver besides Blumquist be uh, Marcus Erickson or uh, Armstrong? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure those two, those two's, um, contract and uh, contract situations but i just thought you're, that was interesting you're you're missing you're missing one think about who would the fourth entry was and again i don't know if this is true or not but think about who the fourth entry was for chip canassi racing for the 500 this year who was it um was it uh gosh the young lady was it was it the young nope, lady nope. no that was that was ray hall letterman land takuma sato Takuma Sato could be Takuma. 
yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I, I mean, that's a possibility. Um, it, it does not make anything specific. It just says that uh, it's a current Chip Ganassi driver uh, will be full-time next year in IndyCar along with uh, Blumquist. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch and see. If uh, if come August, they'll who who the new who the new driver is going to be. Yeah, and for people that are unfamiliar with Tom Bloomquist, uh, if you watch uh, Meyer Shank Racing uh, the last few years, the success that they've had, specifically uh, at the twenty four hours of uh, uh, Daytona or the Rolex twenty four, I believe that's what the official name is. Um, I believe that team, along with. Simon Pagano, Elio Castroneves, and I can't think of the other driver's name right offhand. It's a younger individual. Uh, I believe they've won this two or three years in a row. So that is interesting to see uh, Bloomquist's name being uh, put out there. Uh, Going to watch and see how this develops. And it makes me wonder, um, I, I guess I would imagine by the way this is written, uh, Pagano is going to be on his way out from Meyer Shank Racing. Um, and obviously Elio Castroneves is just going to do the 500. Um, I know I've said on here, and again, I have nothing to confirm on this, uh, but it would not surprise me to see uh, Tony Kanan and Elio Castroneves at some point uh, put some type of racing team together. When that'll be, I, I have no idea, but it would not surprise me uh, the least for sure uh josh before we wrap things up uh, anything else uh, that uh, that you want to uh, go over here real quick uh before the uh, checkered flag drops and we uh, we get on out of here uh i'm excited to see uh toronto toronto is going to be a fun time i can't wait we're going to uh we're going to be covering that next week on uh, the, uh back to our regular time on tuesday's um recording can't wait to can't wait to do that uh, once again another track I'll be able to watch and uh, watch the full full race and uh, getting excited we're revving up to the uh, to the be- beginning of August and we're gonna be down in uh, Nashville I just drove by there uh, on my way back from Florida and uh, got me got me excited can't wait uh, first time we'll be able to go to Nashville and watch the race so uh, I'm excited we're uh, we're coming down to some great some great races Toronto Iowa. And then Nashville, so uh, it's and, and uh, revving up to be a good season. Yeah, and then don't forget the uh, again the other stop, the road course there in uh, Indy as well. So yep, yep, yep. Uh, definitely a lot of uh, good racing uh, ahead of us here as we get into uh, the second half of the season. Uh, can't wait to get down to Nashville the first weekend in August. Uh, love it down there. Uh, the people are are, are fantastic. Um, obviously, you know, being a, being a bigger guy, uh, food down there is fantastic as well. If you see us uh, eating at uh, one of the barbecue joints or one of the uh, bars down there, you know, stop in and say hi. Don't be afraid. But also, too, uh, you are right. We're going to get back to our uh, normal schedule next week on Tuesday. I hope everyone had a uh, happy, safe Fourth of July. Make sure you got all your limbs. And that there you go right there. And that does it for this week's episode 
a uh, huge thank you to all of the drivers uh, that were able to uh, stop by and give us uh, a post-race quote. A uh, huge thank you to Josh and everyone else here uh, behind the scenes that makes each week possible. Uh, for myself, Josh, and everyone else here, like I said, at the Push to Pass podcast, the checker flag is out, and we will be back in one week's time to preview the NTT IndyCar Series at Toronto. Until then... So long, everybody.